Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the TTOR show. I am, of course, TTOR. And unlike last time, I made sure to unmute my mic before I spoke. Because <laughs> that happened a couple of weeks ago. I went on a nice, long, minute-long talk, only to find out I hadn't unmuted myself. <laughs> but it is Thursday, December 21st. Christmas is only four days away. And so I figured since Christmas and Christmas Eve falls on a time that doesn't line up with my show, instead of giving you like a TTOR Christmas special for your live stream, I'm giving you an early Christmas gift of a different kind. I'm going to talk about a topic that a very few have actually covered when it comes to Ron DeSantis, the Republican governor of Florida who's running for President of the United States of America in 2024. More specifically, we're going to be discussing how Ron DeSantis may be a pedo enabler, just like Kent Hovind. Because you see, there's this guy named Kent Sturman that Ron DeSantis is all buddy-buddy with. And tonight, we're going to look at who Kent Sturman is. And we're also going to look at his ties to Ron DeSantis. And I think when you look at the kind of person Kent Sturman is, and you see the kind of relationship that he has with Ron DeSantis, you're going to realize, oh dear, oh dear. Ron DeSantis may not be the champion of good and justice that we thought he was. Turns out he may be as dirty and corrupt as the rest of the deep state. Yeah, that could be a very real thing. Now, I will say, uh, as some background information, this is not the first rodeo I've had with dealing with someone who's really popular, or at least fairly popular, who's also a pedo enabler. Last year, I did an entire expose series on Kent Hovind and his pedophile friend, Chris Jones, which I'm going to show you the playlist of on screen, if you just give me one hot second. All right, here we go. You can see here on screen my Rumble playlist, Kent Hovind and Chris Jones Exposed. The same videos and playlist are on my YouTube channel, and the same videos are also on my Quarter channel, my YouTube channel, and my BitChute channel, and my Odyssey channel. So these exposés are all over the place if you want to see them on any of those sites. And you can find my channels to those sites in the description box down below or at least you should be able to. But just to give you a brief recap, last year, about a year and a half ago, I put out a video titled, Kent Hovind is a pedo enabler covering for Chris Jones, who slept with a minor at DAL. And then in response to that expose, Kent Hovind did a follow-up interview with Brett Keane, where he admitted that Chris Jones committed a felony at DAL and then tried to cover it up by accusing indirectly me and a whole bunch of other people of being pedos. So his response to being exposed for being a pedo enabler and exposing Chris Jones for being a pedo was, ah, you're all pedos. That's why you're even talking about this. I mean, really? <laughs> and then, of course, Zaire, one of the victims of Chris Jones, the most recent victim that we know of, of Chris Jones, Kent Hovind claimed that the whole thing with Zaire and Chris Jones never happened. It was all a lie. Chris Jones never molested him, which led to my third expose, where Zaire exposed all of Kent Hovind's lies and testified 
that Chris Jones did indeed molest him. And then 11 months ago, after I explained why I made the first three exposés in that trilogy, that epic trilogy, there was then an epilogue, a follow-up video, because eight months ago, Chris Jones was arrested again for molesting a minor. I don't know if it was for molesting Zaire or if it was for molesting some other boy because the article I was responding to didn't specify. But Chris Jones is back in jail, or at least he was, and he's pending trial if the trial hasn't occurred already. And in the immediate aftermath of Chris Jones getting arrested again for being a pedo earlier this year and for committing pedophilia on a child, Kent Hovind's response right after this breaking news eight months ago was to say, Chris Jones is innocent. It never happened. So when you look at that entire saga, what you see is that Kent Hovind is most definitely a pedo enabler, and that's the best case scenario. And that Chris Jones was definitely a pedo, especially if you watch my original expose where you learn all the horrible, disgusting, degenerate things that Chris Jones did to minors under the age of 15. It was a pretty dark series, and it caused a lot of problems for a lot of people, but I stand by every one of those videos I made last year and earlier this year. Now that you know that this is not my first rodeo with going after pedo enablers, today we're going to talk about uh, Kent Sturman and his relationship to Ron DeSantis and how the parallels in the relationship of Ron DeSantis and Sturman line up with the things we saw of Chris Jones and Kent Hovind. You'll see later on that I'm fairly certain that Ron DeSantis might be a pedo enabler, although I'm less certain about him than I am about Kent Hovind. That's because I know Kent Hovind better than I know Ron DeSantis. But let's learn a little bit more about Mr. Sturman. So this particular article that you're going to see on the screen comes from the Daily Mail which you can see right here. And I archived it so that we didn't have all the pop-up ads. But I found a bunch of other articles before I found this Daily Mail article that confirmed a lot of the same details. This article basically just does a better job of summarizing everything I found. So we're going to respond to this Daily Mail article. We're actually going to read it so that you know who Kent Sturman is and why we're pretty dang certain he's a pedo. <laughs> and by dang certain, I mean 110% positive. Or as Eric Cartman would say on South Park, HIV positive. So the article in question is titled, Exclusive, Prominent DeSantis Ally Who Shot Himself Dead Last Year Was Under Investigation for Using Sold-Out Taylor Swift Tickets to Lure Teen to His Office and Show Him Her Breasts then trying to buy the family's silence. Ooh, well, that's pretty darn juicy, ladies and germs. And I see Darkmoon75 over there in the Rumble chat. Uh, weak comebacks? Yeah. The comebacks were pretty weak in that whole Kent Hovind, Chris Jones situation, not going to lie. And, of course, I saw Josh Hu in the Twitter feed of Brett Keane. I don't know why Brett Keane is not here right now. But he did agree that he was going to be part of the show tonight. And he even was so kind as to restream the show to his Twitter feed and to his YouTube channel. And we're also streaming on Rumble. 
So, yep, wherever you're watching this, welcome to the show. And hopefully Josh is still watching. And let's see, what do we got going on here? Oh, yes, that's what we got going on here. The actual article itself. The political donor behind Ron DeSantis's rapid rise to prominence took his own life after he was accused of having an inappropriate relationship with an underage teen, a DailyMail.com investigation has revealed. And this article is back from April of 2013, but the incident in particular took place last year. The death of Kent Sturman was in December of last year, so about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And the incident in question that we'll be talking about in this article occurred, I think, a month or two before that. Kent Sturman's suicide in December came shortly after the girl's father turned down a five-figure sum in a hush money deal and reported him to the police instead, we have learned. The prominent DeSantis ally and GOP donor who was based in Jacksonville, Florida, was accused of having an inappropriate relationship with the girl for whom he obtained highly sought-after Taylor Swift concert tickets, which he said he'd give her if she sent him a photo of her breasts. And the guy with the bald head, that is uh, Kent Sturman, in case you didn't know what he looks like. And the man to his right and my left is Ron DeSantis. So, and then there's the truck where they found his body in and his suicide note. After the girl reluctantly complied, Sturman insisted she collect the tickets at his office. But when she turned up, he refused to let her leave until she showed him the real thing, law enforcement sources say. The teenager balked at the idea, and he eventually let her go. She later told her boyfriend and her father about the encounter, prompting her dad to furiously confront Sturman at an arranged meeting at a diner in Atlantic Beach, according to sources. It was there that Sturman offered him the five-figure sum to keep quiet, but the dad refused. Not too long after, on December 8, Sturman killed himself just as Jacksonville police were launching their probe into the girl's claims. DailyMail.com understands that while the girl is now a legal adult, those investigations uncovered allegations that Sturman had had an inappropriate relationship with the girl when she was a minor. Or in other words, he is a pedophile because modern usage of the word means if you are trying to have, you know, relations of that nature with someone under the age of 18, that in modern vernacular would be called pedophilia and you'd be considered a pedophile and most people would be content with you dying a horrible, ugly death, if not spending the rest of your life in prison getting to know Tyrone and Chad. But anyway, let's get back to this. Jacksonville Sheriff's Office has repeatedly refused to comment on the investigation when contacted by DailyMail.com, saying the probe is ongoing. But it did refer to the victim, indicating the probe is focused on one person's allegations. And I see, oh, oh, hold on a minute. There's Brett Keen. Hey, what's up to man? Uh, just in the middle of exposing another dirt bag. This one is uh, dead, though, so he kind of... Oh, I've been sitting here listening to you read it and all that. <laughs> yeah, glad to have you on, Brett. Uh, where was I? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Uh, this ties in with our own inquiries about a man with a reputation for reveling in using the power he had created for himself. 
To me, Sturman killing himself simply over one incident with an adult doesn't pass the litmus test, one law enforcement source told DailyMail.com. There's more to it. Oh, no, duh. Very possibly, it was the start of the rope that would unravel. It is the possibility of exposing what might have happened when the girl was a minor in their acquaintance. The source added, at worst, what happened recently was false imprisonment and a request to look at her breasts. That's not enough. Uh, yeah, whatever. After all, he could have claimed, hey, we're both adults. She flirted with me. I flirted with her. She consented to be in my office. But when she was younger, that's the key to the investigation. As a convicted sexual predator, he would have been looking at 15 to 20 years. And for someone who lived in a multi-million dollar home in an exclusive gated community, that is some downfall. <laughs> yeah, it's called the ultimate downgrade. Sturman's attorney, David Barksdale, did not return calls for comment. Now, let me see what we got here. Then it gets into all the Florida GOP stuff. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Talks about how he shot himself in the right temple with a semi-automatic handgun on December 8th. And he had the suicide note, which we saw a picture of earlier on. And the suicide note had a name redacted on it because the letter was addressed to Sis and then someone whose name was really short but was also censored out. I would not be surprised if the redacted name was Ron. But the rest of the article just gets into all the investigative journalism that they had. But basically, you get the point at this point about Kent Sturman. Basically, he blackmailed a girl who was under the age of 18 into having some kind of sexual experience with him, and she managed to get away from him without it getting too bad. And then when the father of the girl confronted him about it, he tried to buy the dad off with a lot of money. Sounds like Kent Sturman had done this kind of thing before, if you know what I'm saying. But that is definitely a military-grade pedo right there. Uh, okay, Darkmoon75 says, or it might have led into the cops discovering evidence of the victimization of other minors. Pinos have a lot of skeletons in their closets. Yes, that is so true, Darkmoon. Because the way that some of the articles I was reading about this guy would have you believe is that this incident we just read about is the only one of its kind. There is no evidence of any others. And when it comes to pedos, they never stop at one, ever. I'm willing to bet this guy has other victims who are minors and that the reason why we don't know about any of them is because he paid off everyone he had to in order to keep it quiet and keep it silenced. That's my professional opinion. There's also another way to look at it, too, an alternative being that Ron DeSantis has been a man of power for some time. He can make a lot of, let's say, information disappear. Yeah, that is also a definite possibility, which kind of actually <laughs> goes into this Newsweek article I have that does a good job of discussing the relationship between Kent Sturman and Ron DeSantis. Of course, you know, I have to do this pesky little thing called screen share to make that happen. So this Newsweek article is from April of this year called Ron DeSantis and Kent Sturman's Relationship Explained. We read, 
A top Republican donor and friend of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who died in December 2022, was under investigation at the time over sexual misconduct allegations involving a minor, according to reports. Kent Sturman, age 50, of Jacksonville, Florida, was found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound on December 8th in a car on Atlanta Beach. Sturman was being investigated over allegations he attempted to coerce an underage girl to show him a photo of her breasts by offering her Taylor Swift tickets, according to a report from the UK news website, DailyMail.com. Uh, well, he did more than that, but mm, we'll, we'll just go through this. There is no indication or suggestion that DeSantis was aware of the allegations involving Sturman. The girl then arrived at Sturman's office to return the tickets. Sturman then allegedly demanded that showed him her breasts that she showed him her breasts in person and refused to allow her to leave until she did so. The teenage girl was eventually allowed to leave and she told her father about the incident. Sturman then allegedly offered to pay a five-figure payment to keep the incident a secret, which the father refused. Sturman was found dead a few days later. Wow, what a coinky dink. Magical. Now here's the key part. <clears throat> Sturman, an executive of Total at Total Military Management, was known to be a close ally of DeSantis. He donated tens of thousands of dollars to the Republicans' campaigns over the years, including when DeSantis was first running for Congress in 2012. In 2018, Politico reported that the then-Congressman DeSantis stayed in a condo co-owned by Sturman after the politician was forced out of his congressional district in 2016 because of redistricting. Sturman continued to support DeSantis as the politician ran for governor in 2018 and later served on his transition team. In December 2022, following the donor's death, Florida politics reporter A.J. Garnkarski told First Coast News, you wouldn't have Ron DeSantis as governor without Kent Sturman. In March 2019, DeSantis appointed Sturman to the Board of Governors, which is responsible for Florida's public university. The 50-year-old also served on the Florida Highway Patrol Advisory Council and was chair of the Governor's Public Safety Transition Advisory Committee. And this article doesn't mention it, but the other ones I have on my bookmarks folder do. He was also made the head of the Boys and Girls Club in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just think about this. We know Kent Sturman is a bona fide pedo. Absolutely. Great A. No doubt about it. And he was literally donating tens of thousands of dollars to Ron DeSantis's campaigns. And even at one point, him and DeSantis were roommates. They were roommate buddies. Woohoo! So Ron DeSantis has a really good idea of what Kent Sturman is like behind closed doors, because at one point he lived with the guy. And then in return for Sturman giving him all that money for his campaigns, Ron DeSantis appoints him as head of all these different organizations, including the Boys and Girls Club of Florida. A club which, as far as I am aware, uh, caters to kids the age of the person that we read about in the Daily Mail article and younger. So, yeah, <laughs> optically, it does not look good for Ron DeSantis. And when I look at the fact that uh, Sturman donated a bunch of money to Ron DeSantis's campaigns, it reminds me of the thing that was claimed about Chris Jones and Kent Hovind about 
people were questioning why Kent Hovind won't disavow Chris Jones despite all of his pedophilia being exposed. And one of the theories was that Chris Jones had been donating a lot of money to Kent Hovind's ministry, and that's why he refused to condemn the guy at all and tried to claim that none of it ever happened. So when I look at the fact that this convict, this definite pedo, Kent Sturman, is donating all this money to Ron DeSantis, and Ron DeSantis not only accepts all that money, but then even lives with the guy at one point and makes the guy the head of the Boys and Girls Club of Florida. And then this little episode happens in 2022. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing that, one, Kent Sturman only did it to this one girl. And two, if he has a victim trail, I have a hard time believing that Ron DeSantis knows absolutely nothing about it. I just, I have a really hard time believing that. What about you, Brett? What are your thoughts on the whole? Well, there could have been, there could have very well been with somebody as powerful as he is being a governor over Florida and all that. The guy could have had a trail, but you know how these politicians are. They have a tendency to be able to hide things. I mean, look at how long this whole Epstein thing's been going on. We don't have any idea. Just recently, they said they were going to drop a list. These politicians can make things go away. People disappear. You know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean, Brett. And just in case you guys uh, don't believe that this girl from the Daily Mail article I read earlier exists, good old Laura Loomer actually provided us a 57-second soundbite of the girl being interviewed about what Kent Sturman did to her. And so I'm going to go ahead and play that for the viewing audience as soon as I screen share. And that and we'll make sure we can hear this too. All right, here we go. He basically was telling me he looked at me dead in the eye and said, I'll give you ten thousand dollars if you give me a lap dance right now. And I was so shocked. I was paralyzed in that moment. Um, and I said, no. He's like, well, why not? And I just, I said, like, that's cheating on my boyfriend. Like, no. And then he said, okay, well, what about FaceTime sex for $5,000? And I said, no. And, um, and he's like, okay, well, what can you give me? Because you can't leave here without giving me something. And it has to be more than 30 seconds. He yeah. Well, I don't know about you, Brett, but uh, it sounds like he wanted a lot more than just a picture of some boobies, if you know what I mean. Of course, it always is. You'll notice if you watch any of those shows where it deals with pedophiles trying to go out and pick up kids and stuff, they always try to play cutesy little games and do whatever they can to tease or intimidate the person into doing just a little here, a little there, and it gets into the big stuff. Yep, absolutely does. And once again, I have to reiterate, you know, if this guy had just donated money to Ron DeSantis's campaign and that was the only involvement that Ron DeSantis had with him, other than making him head of a bunch of other stuff, 
that would be one thing, and I wouldn't entertain the idea of Ron DeSantis uh, being a pedo enabler and knowing about what this guy's really like. But Ron DeSantis went above and beyond that. He lived with this guy just five years ago. He was living roommates with Kent Sturman when he had that whole redistricting thing going on. So Ron DeSantis knows what kind of guy Kent Sturman is. He has to know. Because there had to be times where Kent Sturman would disappear for long, odd periods of time, or he would just disappear odd times in general. Or There had to be weird stuff going on around there if Kent was trying to hide this side of himself from Ron DeSantis. There had to be something suspicious going on that would have caused Ron to go, hmm... Something is amiss here. Of course, uh, when Ron DeSantis was asked about this guy and, you know, after he committed suicide and, you know, what was being investigated about him by the police right before that and, you know, the victim coming out, basically all Ron DeSantis had to say was, you know, that it was shocking and he had no idea about any of this stuff, which on the one hand could be true, theoretically. But on the other hand, that's also what you would say if you're a pedo enabler trying to disguise the fact that you knew what this guy was really like. So, I mean, it could go either way. It's not it's not a determining answer. But when you got this kind of association in your political life and your personal life, it really hurts you if you're Ron DeSantis, especially if you're trying to run for president of the United States of America and you're trying to portray yourself as being different than the pedophile-loving Democrats. And then this happens. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing, though, when you really think about it, with all that we've seen, and not just with Ron DeSantis, but it seems like a lot of our politicians are big on that. Human trafficking is a thing that's being talked about right now, and kids are messing up on the border. I wonder where they went, you know? Just uh, and when you got big, powerful people, you know, who got friends who like to diddle children and all that, these mm -hmm. trails and evidence just disappears. Yep. Or in Jeffrey Epstein's case, you defy physics to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just magically everybody's asleep at the moment or playing their Nintendo Wii. Just didn't notice. You know? Darkman75 said in the Rumble chat, Quote, you can't leave here without giving me something, end quote. Sounds like an actual threat to me. And you know what? I think that's exactly why the girl was trembling and scared out of her mind. Because you're talking about a rich, powerful man. Aside from just throwing money at her and wanting a piece of her in the bedroom, this guy has the resources to make her disappear if she pisses him off. So, I mean, who knows what he could have been capable of? I mean... He could have hired people to make her disappear. He could have made her disappear himself. He could have done any number of things with the resources he has to hurt her in any kind of way, possibly even kill her if she refused. I mean, honestly, the fact that she was able to get out of there alive and relatively unscathed, at least physically, I mean, it's kind of a miracle if you think about it. Because a guy like that with that much money and power at his disposal is capable of a lot. I hear you there. 
It's interesting, too. Um, it would cause, obviously, a lot of damage to Mr. DeSantis, but it would also cause him double, basically, damage because of what he runs on. I don't know if you knew this, but he actually runs on the idea that pedophiles should be executed and all this. It would be really interesting to find out that his closest BFF was a pedophile. Yeah, and I am aware of that, because didn't Florida pass a law that puts the death penalty on that stuff, like, a few months back or longer? Yeah, they got a Latino guy that's on the firing range as we speak, so they're getting ready to do that, and I'm curious, I've been noticing a lot of people wondering, well, my goodness, if we're going to start getting into the habit of executing pedophiles, are we going to go pay-per-view, full-on live stream with this, or is this just going to be behind closed doors type of deal? Right, I get that entirely, and there are a lot of people actually who would pay good money to watch that, because whether you're a Christian or not, most people in the world, I'd say not just the majority, I'd say probably the vast majority of people in the world, they really do not like pedophilia and pedophiles, and they would feel no qualms about these people being executed. As a matter of fact, like you pointed out, they might be willing to pay really good money to watch that execution because when you're that kind of person to diddle children, you're basically at the bottom of the totem pole. And the bottom, I mean, in prison, among the criminals, among the hardcore degenerate criminals, you're bottom of the totem pole. I mean, being a kitty diddler is a good way to die in prison because other inmates will be like, oh, you're one of those people, huh? Oh, well, we got a special paddy wagon for you. It'd be a one-time paddy wagon, though. So, yeah. yeah uh... There's a guy. There's a guy right now that is, uh, they're trying to charge him over again because that's already in prison because he's killed almost up to 10 pedophiles at this point. And when he was asked why did he do what he did and, you know, what's his plans for the future, he said, just bring me more of them. And I'll uh, do the world a favor. That's what he said. He didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't blame him there. I don't blame him at all. You know what I think? And this might come off totally dark and everything. You'll probably say, what would Jesus say to me or something? But if they would really, if they're really going to start doing the whole executing pedophile thing, while on the other hand, they have all these LGBT teaching children in the classroom, I know for a fact, because my kids growing up, that they had my kids watching movies and shows and educational stuff on TV. Maybe it should be mandatory. If they're going to be able to teach kids about where to put your penis and all that, they should also do videos where they show what happens to, you know, teachers that might have that kind of interest in the children. As great as that would be, something tells me that it's not going to happen. Just this crazy idea feeling I got that the people in schools who are teaching all the little kids how to be diddled with by an adult, somehow I don't think they're going to want to show that kind of stuff to them. Yeah. Have you weird. seen some of these kind of these kind of books that these politicians like inside the classroom? I was looking at the pages of one of them. I think Laura Loomer, you mentioned her earlier, she actually posted some imagery. Um, it actually shows a story about two boys, and it actually shows graphic sexual nature in it. Unbelievable. And they yeah. call this, you know, important reading. Really? 
Yeah, Libs of TikTok I've been following for a while, and she has shared so many of those kind of books from many different states in this country. And when you look at it, it's like, I'm sorry, but I can't tell the difference between this alleged children's book and straight-up pornographic material. Can't tell the difference. It's that bad. It's that graphic. I mean, it's so bad that when parents go to school board meetings and they try to read from these books to show what the kids are being given and taught, they get shut down immediately and told that what they're reading is so graphic and disgusting that they can't be permitted to read it in front of the school board. And yet that's what they're allowing in the school libraries and allowing teachers to make the children read and learn. Yeah, you notice lately the government's been having a lot of sexual stuff going on. Just recently there was a video leaked, you've seen it obviously, where you know some people did some things in the Senate hearing. Well, guess what? Apparently a couple more of those things came out, but this time they caught it so it wouldn't get fully out into the public. But it's still been reported. We just don't get to see all the fun videos. Uh, well, that's really not surprising. I've actually seen a lot of posts on X recently where people are like, you know, these graphic uh, gay sex videos that are being put together by the staffers of these senators and getting leaked to the world. It really is symbolic of what these politicians have been doing to the American people for decades upon decades, just in a more graphic visual sense. You're saying that what they're doing in the government buildings kind of represents what they do to us in America. I take it you you are basically meaning they bent us over and did us without Vaseline, huh? Yeah. Or that astroglide, as Terrence <laughs> Pop likes to say. <laughs> I hear you. I have been feeling very shafted by my politicians in America lately. Yeah, I got no trust in any of them. Except for Donald Trump, but I only trust him to do certain things that would make our lives better. But he wouldn't solve the problems because there are some things that you can't solve because they're spiritual in nature and not physical. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I still don't understand, you know, what you were talking about being on Twitter X. A lot of those people, they talk to you that if you support Trump in any kind of manner, then you're part of a cult or something. They don't get it. One of the only reasons why guys like you and I support Trump, it's not because we think he's going to be the next pope or something like that, or he's a saint. It's because we believe that he's literally one of the only people who actually care about at least trying to make some changes in America. You know, that's... And, yeah, you're right. And we saw him do it for four years as president from 2016 through 2020. He literally tried to do everything he promised, some things he was very successful on, like the economy, other things he wasn't as successful on. And there were some things he didn't address through his administration, like tech censorship, which I wish he would have. But compared to all the turd burritos who came before him and the lame duck we've had ever since, he's golden as a president. I mean, I will take him over the Bushes, over the Clintons, over Biden every single day of the week. It's not even a question. I don't know if you had an opportunity, just to segue, just for a moment. I, I felt this was really important to bring up. You've seen that uh, Donald Trump recently uh, got knocked off the ballots over in Iowa, right? Well, what's yeah. interesting is besides the fact that they made this decision, he was never actually tried for it. He never got in trouble 
So they didn't even have a crime to post it on. They say that he started an insurrection, and the Democrats say he didn't even try to do anything. Well, if you don't mind, can you put that on the screen and tell me what more he could have done besides that? Uh, well, as we can see there, Donald Trump on January 6, 2021 said, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Oh, I see now. So when Donald Trump says he wants everyone to be peaceful and he says no violence and he says we're the party of law and order, what he really meant was have a violent insurrection at the Capitol. Of course, then when you look at the footage of this insurrection, it's literally just law enforcement guiding a crowd of people like tourists through the doors and into the chambers. No one fought anybody. <laughs> there was no violence at all for the most part, except for, you know, the Ashley Babbitt chick that got shot dead by one of the uh, Capitol Police. But nobody on the Capitol Police law enforcement side of things got attacked at all. As far as I could see. There's one other thing, too, and you'll probably, after you see this, you'll probably want to make a video about it at some point in time while things are still hot. Let me give you a link to this. I just recently posted this uh, uh, earlier today, but I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Can you play it on the screen? It's very short, but sure, it, sure. it'll make the point for us. And this, what you're about to see was done on the same day before any of this went down. All right, let's find. Okay, here we go. Do, do, do. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Well, Brett, I don't know about you, but I just saw a man bend over backwards to do the opposite of inciting an insurrection. He tried to incite a great going home and being peaceful. <laughs> Well, there you go. So he never got in trouble for any of this. But they, just because someone was able to say, oh, well, I feel as though he got an insurrection, the judges, which, by the way, were all Democrats, you know, and got to make the decision for all the American people that he didn't, wasn't going to get the opportunity to be voted on. So, yeah, we don't live in a democracy anymore. It's not just, oh, my God, we're actually watching this guy do this. It's our country is literally throwing away all of our rights. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you saw, Brett, but if you look at the actual ruling of the Colorado Supreme Court, 
they actually put a stay on their own uh, ruling. They said that if Trump challenges their ruling through the Supreme Court by January 4th, then he will remain on the ballot until the Supreme Court rules in the favor of the Colorado Supreme Court. And if they don't, then Trump stays on the ballot, period. So really, they just generate a bunch of brouhaha that gets the left-wing Democrats and the woke lefties all excited. Ah, evil orange man has been forced off the ballot. That's what you get for being an insurrectionist. But in reality, he's not off the ballot yet. And there's a good chance if he challenges the ruling before July, January 4th, he will never be taken off the ballot. So in some ways, we're all overreacting to something that actually hasn't happened and may never happen if Trump and his legal team are smart. Well, I I notice a lot of people are calmed down and they're paying attention to this. But if you'll notice, I I know that you've uh, you've been very, very busy and it's hard to keep track of all this. But (laughs) California is already starting to do their nonsense of trying to get him off the ballot. And a couple other states are talking about it. So they're they're trying their best, you know. And, And weeks before Colorado tried doing this and before California got the idea, my own state of Oregon actually tried to get Donald Trump removed from the ballot. And strangely enough, the Oregon legislature shot that down and Donald Trump will remain on our ballot this election season. <laughs> what is, that? what about because Oregon's blue as heck and yet they did that. So like, did you get a chance to be able to see what Vivek has done about it? Yeah. That he's going to, uh, withdraw from the GOP primaries in Colorado unless Trump's allowed to be there. And he also suggested that the other candidates do the same thing. And of course, Nikki Haley, she's just slobbering all over herself. She can't wait to be president so she could get us into more wars. And DeSantis, of course, you know, he, uh, I guess he ain't even bothering to pay attention stuff. Maybe he's still looking for his heels to make him look taller. I don't know. Oh, since we're talking about this this issue, let me really quickly find an excellent Ron DeSantis video I found on uh, Twitter. I just got to see where I put it. Maybe I put it in my replies. But yeah, Ron DeSantis was asked directly about this whole Colorado thing. And while he was willing to condemn it, what he said also at the same time was just jaw-droppingly bad. I just got to uh, find it. Because I sent it to Laura Loomer in a response on X. I just got to uh, figure out where I put it. Ah, here it is. So let me get this all squared up. And... Actually, let me get this over here. There we go. Screen share. So I'll share this on screen. So this is a post on X by Johnny Maga, who said, Ron DeSantis just said the decision to remove Trump from the ballot is all part of an elaborate plan to ensure he, Trump, becomes the nominee. He then says you need to vote for him because the deep state won't target him like they are Trump. I've never heard something so asinine. And because Johnny Maga doesn't want us to just take his word for it, here's the video. I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to reverse that. But but here's the larger thing of what the left and the media and the Democrats are doing. They're doing all this stuff 
to basically solidify support in the primary for him, get him into the general. And the whole general election is going to be all this legal stuff. And look, it's unfair. Uh, they're abusing power 100 percent. But the question is, is that going to work? Um, and I think they have a playbook that unfortunately will work uh, and it'll give Biden or the Democrat or whoever the ability uh, to skate through this thing. That's their plan. That's what they want. What they don't want is to have somebody like me who will make the election not about all those other issues, but it'll make the election about the failures of Biden, the failures of the left and how we're going to be able to turn the country. I think the US- so it turns out Johnny Maga did not exaggerate one word of what he said. <laughs> okay, so, yes. repeat what he said again. Not DeSantis, but the, the Twitter feed. You know I got bad eyes. Well, Ron DeSantis claimed that the decision by the Colorado to Supreme Court to remove Trump from their ballot is part of an elaborate conspiracy to ensure that Donald Trump becomes the Republican GOP nominee because then in a general election, the Democrats will destroy Trump because they'll just say orange man bad over and over and no one will focus on Biden. But if Ron DeSantis wins the Republican GOP nomination, they won't be able to do that because DeSantis is so squeaky clean. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, that's why Trump has been convicted of nothing in all these years. It's kind of curious. Why would, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but why would Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or any of these people actually think they'd get treated any different than Trump? They're on the wrong side, according to Democrats. They're the enemy. So why would they think in, in, a, in a moment that even if Trump was getting rid of that they would get a, a fair shake at things? The only way they would think that is if they're in the pockets of these people themselves. Yeah, pretty much. Um, plus, if you look at the time before Trump ran for president, he was beloved by most people. He was considered squeaky clean. He was as squeaky clean reputation-wise as Don DeSantis, or Ron DeSantis is, maybe even more so. But then... As soon as he committed the crime of running for president against the Democrats, well, then suddenly he became evil orange man Hitler wannabe. And it's been like that ever since. I mean, Trump's only real crime that we could convict him of is that he ran for president against the Democrats, not as one. That's his real crime. And then his second crime was that he won the 2016 election. Those are his two crimes that Trump has committed that has led to all of this stuff, all of the cheating, all of the attempts to not allow the American people to vote for him again by any means necessary. I mean, if they're willing to not allow him to be on the ballot, despite the fact that the majority of Republicans want him as president, at least for the Republican nomination for president, if they're willing to go this far, it's not that much more of a stretch to just straight up assassinate the guy. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. That's really the only alternative because this is exactly what happened the first time when Trump was going. They kept on trying to make him look like a bad guy or too incompetent or stupid or mentally ill to do things. Every time they 
persecuted them, it had a Jesus effect, basically martyrism. People were wondering, why are they so damn mean to this guy? He was loved and popular throughout society. 77 years old, never committed a crime in his life, becomes president, all of a sudden becomes, uh, in their eyes, the Antichrist. Whoa. Basically. I mean, and I think there was a period of time when he was running for president and was president the first time around where Donald Trump thought, you know, if I just be the good guy and try and reach across the aisle and try and, you know, come to resolutions and get things done with the Democrats that, you know, they'll like me. But no matter how much he did that, they vilified him even more. It's just, it's crazy, Bill, the way that they treat him in light of what he says. I mean, a man who literally goes on camera and says, even though I think I got screwed in the 2020 election, I want all of you to go home. Don't commit any acts of violence. Be peaceful, because if you do those things, you're falling into the Democrats' trap. So go home and be peaceful. When you look at that guy saying those things and conclude, he's leading an insurrection against the United States of America. Therefore, we must ban him from being on any ballots. They're just straight up evil monsters. You know, whenever he was doing the president thing, too, he accomplished almost everything he set out to do. Anything that he wasn't able to fully accomplish in the four years that he was given, the Democrats made sure that they were on TV every day saying, oh, we're not going to do what Trump wants. We're not going to do what Hitler wants to do. So they kind of set it up to where we knew that he was trying and doing things. They even had admitted it <laughs> like idiots that he was trying his best, but they were standing in the way the whole time. So Trump's in a, a beautiful position where, well, he's trying to do this, no matter what they say about him, it always is going to come back to us saying, yeah, because you stood in his way. You kept on being a wall in front of him, literally, you know, <laughs> they they made him a martyr. They made him a hero, a folk hero. Very, very true. I mean, and I'll admit before Trump became president, I was never really all that interested in politics. But when Trump became president and during the four years he was in office, it really just became entertaining to watch politics because here's this guy who's not a career politician who's a self-made billionaire who doesn't rely on deep state money and doesn't rely on other politicians and all of their grifts to get his money he's basically independent from you know the globalist crap that they're engaged in and suddenly the entire establishment on both sides of the aisle wants him gone wants him defeated i mean Trump is the people's choice candidate that people claim that they want. And yet, because the legacy media tells them orange man bad, well, then we must condemn evil orange man. You know, there's a lot of people on uh, Twitter, especially that you probably noticed. They're all excited about the supposed Epstein list that's going to be dropped. I don't know if some of these people were born just three years ago or something, just one year shy of whenever all this was coming out. But I have real doubts that we're actually ever going to see the list. And if we do, a lot of names are going to end up redacted. And remember, the same people who have the list who are holding it back from us also have access to it. So they can do whatever they want to it. So something to think about. We got somebody out here named Amanda. I don't know Uh if you're able to see them. Oh, I see them. 
Well, the insurrect deal, first of all, we've already played a video where Trump stood against the idea. See, as most of you remember, anyone who supported Trump or at least had the audacity to listen to him, hit one of his big things that he was so loved about was he stood up for our military as well as our cops. He was against defunding them. He was wanting to protect and have cops get paid more, not get the hell beat out of them. He spoke out against the riots and the explosions and killing that Democrats did. So trying to claim that all of a sudden he's going to turn around and say, oh yeah, beat the piss out of our cops out in the front of the Capitol, is this, it's only for mentally ill people who are heavily medicated that would say such things. So the thing I would ask you, Amanda, if you're still watching at this point, is to look at the tweet of Donald Trump's from January 6, 2021 that Brett has on his uh, screen. You see Trump saying that he wants people to remain peaceful, no violence, and that he reminds them all that they're the party of law and order. Now, how can you look at that, Amanda, where he's calling for peace and no violence and conclude that he's calling for an insurrection where you have no peace and lots of violence? How do you get the opposite conclusion from that tweet? Plus, I don't know if you were watching long enough or not, but as Brett referred to earlier, we played a video of Donald Trump saying the same thing on the same day he made that tweet. This man, if he incited an insurrection, then I am the leading candidate for the presidential election of 2024. Exactly. And there's something that a lot of people got to think about. I know that some of these mental patients like Amanda out here probably don't realize this. This isn't just about Trump. This isn't just about, oh, we want the arms man as president thing. This is destruction to the Constitution, as you mentioned. It is basically saying, we don't even have to have due process anymore. We'll just say we don't like you or we don't like your face whenever you decide that you need to go to court over something and just lock you up or take away your rights just because they had a feeling. Do we really want to live in a country like that? Our system's already broke enough. Now we get to go to jail based on people's emotions. Mm -hmm. So Amanda says, he also told people to march on the Capitol and take their country back, LOL. Well, in light of the fact that he also called for no violence and peace, obviously he wasn't calling for a violent march on the Capitol, and he was calling people to take their country back by voting. I know you can't think clearly because your brain is mush and you listen to everything the leftists and the globalists tell you to believe, but you can call for a march on the Capitol and to take people's country back without calling for a violent insurrection where there is no peace. They're not exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. You can have it both ways. You can have a peaceful march through the Capitol and you can take your country back by voting. But that was part of the problem, you see. Donald Trump was leading in the voting going into the end of election night, and then while everyone is asleep, a bunch of ballots showed up at key swing states, all of them for Democrats, all of them for Joe Biden, and that's how Biden magically won the election. 
Do you know, you know how it is that Democrats find themselves in this position where they think that if you do a protest, then you're somehow an insurrectionist? You know how they get that mentality? Because when Democrats actually have a protest, they intend on blowing shit up and killing people out in the street as they did for the last couple of years. With you, mean Black like Black. Ev- you mean like <laughs> every Antifa and BLM rally we've seen in the last three years? Exactly. Wow. So that's what that's what a protest means to them. Democrats don't know what the Constitution is. They don't know what a peaceful protest is. So when they hear that Donald Trump's doing a protest, they're just projecting how they see a protest ought to be. <laughs> exactly. And that's something I've noticed, too, about leftists and Democrats, the woke lefties, and even the conservative people who are anti-Trump. That's what they often do. Almost every single time that they criticize Donald Trump for something, what you find after the fact is that these people are guilty of the very things they accuse Donald Trump of. And that's something that I also found fascinating about his time as president of the United States of America, is that Donald Trump simply existing and being in office instead of a Democrat was really causing people to lose their minds and show you who they really were deep down inside. So it's just something about him existing as president that caused people's inner self to become their outer self, if you know what I'm saying. Well, you know why he became, it's not just because he got voted in as president. It's what he stood for. It's the kind of things he said, like drain the swamp, that he's going to expose a bunch of stuff. Well, imagine that you're one of these dirty ass Democrat politicians. You know, you've been to Epstein Island. You know, you've been doing some bad stuff. You know that you've been uh, sucking money out of different countries and getting rich off of it, which a lot of them have. And then this guy with orange hair comes along, who's a billionaire, says, he's going to put all that on the table for society to see of course they're going to feel threatened of course they're going to be scared so yeah that's exactly why it's been going on this whole time he's the only politician that has actually said he's going to do things about it not just talk but actually did something when he got in there that is very very true and since we're on this subject i figured i'd bring up something interesting that I found on X today when I was on break at work. Just got to put it on screen here. We got a post by David Zutzi, who was responding to a post Tim Pool made. He said, <clears throat> two-thirds of white Democrats think that there is a political candidate or party which is too dangerous to be allowed to take power, even if they are lawfully elected. It's safe to assume they are open to stealing or manipulating elections and then gaslighting their enemies, which is what happened in 2020. But here's the actual poll from the a 2023 poll of white American voters by the Homeland Institute. The question was, do you think that there is a political candidate or party which is too dangerous to be allowed to take power even if they are lawfully elected? 66.3% of Democrats said yes. 13.5% said within 10 years, 9.4% said no, 10.9% said not sure. 40% of independents said yes, which is crazy to think about. And 19.6% of independents said within 10 years, 25.5% of independents said no, and 14.7% said not sure. Republicans, 34% said yes, which is frighteningly high 
but also the lowest of the three groups. And within 10 years, 22.1% said yes to that, which is also a little frightening, which is the highest of the three. But 31.8% of Republicans said no, which while that number is lower than it should be, it's also higher than the independents and the Democrats. And 12% of Republicans say not sure. So yes, literally 66% of Democrats think that a political candidate or party that is too dangerous to take power, even if they are lawfully elected, therefore it's okay to stop them from being lawfully elected by any means necessary. Which sounds very familiar to me because that's literally what the Democrats were saying prior to the 2020 election. They were saying that they couldn't allow Trump to win the 2020 election and that they would do whatever it takes by any means necessary to stop him from doing so. And they did it. They cheated their ass off on election night after all the bouts were closed and all the polling places were closed and everyone went to sleep for the night. That's when the midnight 3 a.m. runs with boxes full of ballots all for Joe Biden magically showed up at all the key swing states at all the right times. And then Biden was suddenly the winner. You've heard what has been happening to uh, Trump's friend Rudy Giuliani, right? had to file for bankruptcy recently because the courts claimed that he didn't have any evidence of uh, tampering. He had the evidence, but the judge said that he wasn't allowed to actually present it. Isn't that amazing? So they sued him for $150 million. He uh, filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, our courts are basically becoming kangaroo courts at this point, where, you know, if you're the societal bad guy, according to the woke lefties, then you're not allowed to have due process and present evidence in your defense. You know, you, you can just die. That's basically what they think. And it's interesting, too, because the Democrats, they say, uh, oh, well, what Rudy Giuliani did was uh, supposedly on the side he was investigating the whole Ukraine thing, the deal that the Bidens had back and forth with them as well as China. So that's what he did that was bad. Since when is it bad to investigate politicians? When is it bad? How is it illegal to go investigate to see if somebody's committing crimes? Yep, that is exactly true. I also have this other post on Twitter that was related to this that I found that I thought people might appreciate. So we see here on screen a post by Bile Holt. My best friend just called gloating about what Colorado did to Trump. He knew it would piss me off and it did. I told him, aren't you the one always whining about Republicans trying to stop black people from voting? How is this not the same thing? I said, they're not just attacking Trump. They're attacking the way voting works in this country. They're literally stopping people from voting for their choice. As a black man belonging to a race that didn't used to have a vote, you should be outraged. He just said, nope, I think it's really funny. This country is officially over. Yeah, I've uh, had some family members back when Trump was getting screwed who they didn't see the uh, indecency about it. They didn't see the the problems. They actually thought it was good whenever they seen a political rival get attacked like that. And it really, when you hear people talk like that, it makes you realize that they don't think ahead. 
of how it can personally affect them down the road. Not just the person that's getting screwed, but if the government gets confident and they think they can do that, how many times do you think they're going to do that to more people who come along later on in the future? Yep, precedents are being set right now. That's exactly what's going on. Yep, it's absolutely true. But there is good news. There is a silver lining. By doing all this kind of stuff to Trump, it's actually their fault why it is that things have gotten more bigger and he's gotten more popular. The more they attack him, the more it's going to basically do a rubber band effect. Yeah, and if the U.S. Supreme Court is appealed to before January 4th, I'm pretty sure that they're going to vote against Colorado because Trump appointed a lot of justices to the Supreme Court. And, you know, we're talking about the same U.S. Supreme Court that overturned Roe v. Wade. So, yeah, I think if Trump appeals to the U.S. Supreme Court over this, he'll probably win and he'll get to be on the ballot and voted for in 2024. So how did uh, Amanda get back, even though you banned him? Well, I didn't ban them. I gave them a little bit of a timeout uh, because they were acting uh, like a five-year-old and all that. See, Amanda seems to think it's okay to silence people's ability to be able to do what they want to do and vote for who they wanted. So I gave them a taste of their own medicine. Apparently, Amanda didn't think that was very nice. If the Democrats cheated and controlled the elections, what's the point in trying to vote for or elect Trump in 2024? They will just do it again, No. Well, Amanda, if all of the voting machines and all of the mechanisms of voting that were going on in 2020 are what we got in 2024, then yes, it will happen again. But if you put laws in place that don't allow for the kind of cheating that occurred in 2020 to occur again, and you have secure voting machines that can't be tampered with, and you have honest people of integrity counting the votes, then it is worth voting. And that's going to be the trick for 2024 is, will we actually have fair elections? Are we going to have more midnight ballot drops for the Democrat candidate, whether it be Joe Biden or anyone else? Are we going to see that again? Well, they're probably, they're most likely going to do that. But here's what I think the major game plan is. I've been watching a lot of these boring ass Congress hearings and all that, though, you know, the ones that put you to sleep if you watch for longer than 15 minutes. The idea is they bring in all these migrants and then what they're going to do is they're going to offer these people the ability to serve in the country. Now, if they sign the contract that states that they're willing to fight for their country, if the military calls them, they can get instant citizenship. And then the military, the government can play this game where they pay these people to be able to live here. And then that happens. However, they don't need all these migrants. A couple of a couple million of them are probably going to end up homeless out on the street and dead from starvation and the winter cold. They just need uh, at least half of them out of the ones that came up here to vote. And they win by a landslide. Yep, very much so. I see Darkmoon75 on the Rumble chat saying, I am seriously thinking that these politicians hate Trump because what he says makes sense and doesn't play to the nuthouse crowd. That dangerous party is the Democrats, and they're also the manipulators. That's very much true. Now, I'm not a fan of the GOP. They're basically like the Democrats from 10 years ago at this point, and they keep going more and more left, but they're always like 10 years, five years behind 
the current Democrat position. So basically, at some point in the future, the GOP is going to be far left, but the Democrats will have gone so far left at that point that far left will seem like far right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So what do you think? You, uh, I didn't get to hear a full opinion on the Epstein list from you. Do you think they're going to redact stuff? Do you think they're even going to show us the original information? Or is it just nonsense? They Notice the time frame in which they want to show us this list. It's like they want to wait until it's too late. That the elections are almost all the way through next year when they want to do this. Why? We've been doing this for since the guy did a Tarzan swinging from a rope in a damn cage thing. How long does it take to just drop the information? Exactly. And that's something I anticipate that'll be done too. They'll hold on to it for as long as possible. And I'll be really surprised if there aren't many redactions when it's finally released. But we'll see what we see, I guess. I mean, for all we know, I mean, we live in the world where they could release the full thing uncensored and no one would care. So we got Mark out here says Dark Wolf here. Dark Wolf appears to probably be over on Rumble. So that means you wouldn't be able to see his comments. We're also streaming through um, uh, Twitter as well as some other sites that I've connected it to and all that so we're good have you seen what it looks like when you live stream on twitter they got this neat interface ttr when you get an opportunity you ought to go over and look at that i guess i will uh i was trying to look at yours when i first started but it just took me to like a basic video stream there wasn't like any special chat box or anything that i could well you got to click on the actual video it'll look like a normal video tweet and all that but if you click on it it'll open up this cool thing on twitter where you see a chat screen on the right and neat stuff underneath it looks really really neat Hmm. well let's see if i can find it now since we're here Uh, let's see do that so if I click on oh, video. just to remind you, last time we did a show, you were a little sad because you didn't put the proper interface up that you wanted to use. Was it done this time? Is this the one yep. you wanted? Because we're doing the TTOR show and we got TTOR show branding on. <laughs> I apologize for coming in a little late and all that. It's been one of those days. I don't know if you knew this or any of the people out there know, oh. but it's my birthday today. Oh. Happy birthday. Yeah, I'm getting old, but my daughter won't let me do so. She keeps saying, yeah, old, Dad. I see what you mean by the interface. If you just give me one second, we'll have an inception moment. Oh, my gosh, look, it's us. (laughs) I like it, though. I like it. Over on the right side, just like on YouTube, it would have... When people lay their comments, it'll make a Twitter feed and all that. We got to get ourselves a little bit more popular on Twitter, though, before we start seeing that neat stuff. Yeah, I might consider doing that. I mean, there's really no reason not to. I mean, Twitter is not as censorious as they used to be. And uh, yeah, I'm starting. Even I'm getting some engagement with as little followers as I have, so... Yeah, I, I might try streaming to Twitter in the future just as another destination, but I'm still going to prioritize Rumble and other stuff because, well, can't have too many places. 
You know what we should do, and I've been thinking a lot about this, just to segue for a moment. We should try using um, Restream. I just recently, I didn't like Restream before because I thought it was ugly and kind of laggy. But I went and they've completely overhauled the thing. They had this ability where we could literally put the chat up on the screen. And you'd be able to see people in real time talk to us from all available places at the same time. It's got a lot of the great features that StreamYard's got, but even more. So we might want to try that sometime. Yeah, I used to use Restream.io back in the day, and I didn't like it back then. But I'll, I'll relook at it now that you... Oh, it looks better it. now. It looked like a Mickey Mouse vomited on paper before, for sure. And it was laggy, a mess. But I went in. I got in almost immediately. There was no lag or hold up. So we should try it. You know, Restream has the ability. It always had the ability to connect to everything at once. So, yeah. Yep. But since you brought up restreaming, I think it's fair to point out at this point that Quarter also offers free restreaming. Quarter is my open source alt tech alternative to YouTube. And not only does it do live streaming, but it does free restreaming like Restream.io does, but without a paywall for all the features. And since Darkmoon75 has been commenting so much on my Rumble chat, and since he's been one of my biggest promoters of Quarter, as far as the quarter user base goes, let's give the audience a little commercial for Darkmoon75's quarter channel. Hi there. Are you a content creator? Quarter.tv sounds like the place for you. I can hear you thinking, well, what about YouTube? Let's face it. YouTube is all corporate these days. They don't care about the small creator. They don't care about how much work you pour into your content, how much time you spend making it better. All YouTube cares about are the big-time media stars and people with tons of subscribers. Never mind the fact that they artificially inflate those subscriber numbers by paying for them. Never mind the fact that they will shadow ban you for something while the big names get promoted. Never mind that they claim freedom of speech, but will ban you for having an idea that doesn't fall in with their opinions. Thank God for Quarter. Quarter allows you to keep your voice and will allow you to grow. There's no algorithm, so you don't have to worry about being banned or having your content removed for something silly. At Quarter, you own all rights to your content. YouTube can keep its wannabe television nonsense. The future for content creators is Quarter.tv. Remember, that's Quarter.tv, where your voice is respected. Ta-da! <laughs> Might want to let our friend Dark Wolf know something, though. Because remember, the name is Dark Wolf. But the ad is actually a fox. You know that's a fox, right? That fox yeah, has bigger a, boobs I've ever seen on a fox, but it's still a fox. That's one of his characters from a novel he wrote. Basically, she's his spokeswoman in this commercial. Oh, well, that's very creative of you, Dark Wolf. That's pretty neat. I wouldn't mind seeing some of your material sometime. I'm still waiting for my buddy TTOR to release some of these comic books and stuff that he's got going on. Well, technically, my first book is available now on Amazon, but I'm working on a second edition that fixes some grammatical errors and rewrites a couple parts to make it better. Oh, I hear you there. I know what that's all about. If it wasn't for WordPress, someone would imagine that a damn gorilla wrote mine. 
And now, uh, what's the book of yours that I got and talked with you about? Uh, Afterlife Simulation. Yeah, Afterlife Simulation. That, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a wild ride and you don't mind some imperfection in grammar, Afterlife Simulation is a really good read. Now, there's some people who look at Afterlife Simulation and the writing style, and they're like, oh, my God, it's garbage. How can anybody possibly think this is good? But if you just let it be what it is, and you just read the story through, I think by the end you'll be very impressed with the story path that Brett takes you on. It's a very entertaining read. Yeah, it's got quite an arc. I'm actually almost done with the second one. The reason why things got kind of slower in the sequel is I wrote a biography about myself. I don't know if I told you that. Um, the reason why I haven't released it, even though it's been complete for a while, is because since it's about my life, it also associates with family members, their names and all that. So I'm kind of waiting until people either kill over before releasing something like that because I don't want to get sued by a bunch of people. <laughs> All right. Plus, once you're closer to the end of your life, would probably be a better time to release that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be an interesting book to read when it's done and out there. Very interesting read indeed. Let me see what we got going on in our chat here. Uh and yep, Brett, I am with uh, ASMR Mark on wishing Brett a happy birthday. I kind of wish I had picked a lighter topic if I had known that today was Brett's birthday, but <laughs> it's all good. No, it's uh, it's good. A lot of the stuff I've had on my mind I've been very concerned about, and I can't think of a better day and all that. As old as I am at this point, I just turned 47 years old, all this political stuff is really important to me because if things keep going the way they are, then we're not going to be able to enjoy anybody's birthday if America keeps going down the toilet like it is. Yeah, and I, I don't want to see that too either, but you know, there's only so much that TTOR can control, mainly his own content. <laughs> So did you get a chance to see that image I posted? Uh, I have a compilation of different news articles of YouTube knocking people's accounts down and screwing people. Yeah, I saw that. And for those of you watching this, YouTube has been doing this for literally years. I mean, at minimum, we're talking going all the way back to like 2015. Some people would argue, though, it goes back to like 2013 or maybe even 2012 in the case of Mario the Vigilant Christian, although I'd take that one with a huge grain of salt because that guy was not exactly known for being truthful, it turned out. But YouTube censorship has definitely been a thing for at least the past eight years, and that's why all these YouTube alternatives even exist. I mean, if YouTube wasn't censoring people, especially Christians, conservatives, and Trump supporters, we wouldn't have Rumble, we wouldn't have BitChute, we wouldn't have Odyssey, we wouldn't have YouTube, we wouldn't have brighty on we wouldn't have joshu tv we wouldn't have my site quarter we wouldn't have daily motion or any of those other sites that existed previously but don't anymore the whole reason why all these sites exist is because youtube is really bad when it comes to censoring people and not allowing them to have freedom of speech despite the fact that they're a company based in the united states of america where we have first amendment protections for the kind of speech that YouTube loves to censor. 
So yeah, if YouTube wasn't doing all that, this live stream wouldn't be happening on Rumble because Rumble wouldn't exist. Exactly. Did you hear this other uh, controversy that's going on? So Biden and his uh, Ronald McDonald-looking secretary got up there and they're claiming, oh, as soon as uh, Joe Biden got into office, supposedly, you know, millions of jobs were saved or something like that, or new millions of jobs happened. Well, the <laughs> thing is, is we just came off this big COVID thing, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is all these people are coming back to work. But he's actually acting like he did something. He's the one that started the problem. I'm not going to get into detail on that. People know what I'm talking about. And then the people go back to work and he's going to be, oh, see, I opened up new jobs. They weren't new. They were the same jobs they lost. Exactly. They were just giving back some jobs that they took away a couple of years ago. They didn't actually create anything new. But that's the kind of propaganda you have to deal with from the leftist Democrats because that's the only way they can make it look like they're doing anything other than screaming orange man bad and discussing the newest ways to screw over anyone who is to the right of Mao. Oh, just to give you guys a hint, because me and TTR watched very closely when Trump was president. We watched how things went with the election. And here's what I've learned. I don't know if you're on the same page with me, TTR, but if you're worried about any of these other Republican candidates that they might be basically double agent type of deals, I don't even know if that's the right word. Just watch how the mainstream media treats them. If the mainstream media is treating one of our Republican candidates really good and nice, it means that the Democrats have them in their pocket and they're giving them a free ride. Yep, Brett and I are definitely on the same page on that one because if you are not being opposed vitriolically by the mainstream media at this point, you're doing something wrong because they have shown over the last several years that if you stand against what they're pushing, they are not beyond doing the most vile, disgusting things to you, calling you the most vile and disgusting names, making all the most defamatory accusations that they can towards you, and so on. But they only treat, for the most part, evil orange man like this. And sure, some other Republicans come along and, you know, they scream and cry foul and, oh, they're evil because they're GOP, but they never rode those guys like they do Donald Trump. I'll make a prediction here, ladies and gentlemen. I think DeSantis is getting a little bit of a nice ride, a little bit. But the one that I'm noticing that's getting the major free ride here is Nikki Haley. She is just, the, even the uh, other side is doing stuff in mainstream media where they're like, oh, they treat her so badly. Look how hateful Vivek was to a woman, an uh, independent woman. So they, they're basically using their woke process to boast her up, boost her up. So she's the one that you guys got to watch out for. And what are some of the things that she likes? She wants war. She wants destruction. And she likes money going back and forth between countries. So there's a, you can see she'll fit right well with that. Well, you know, if that's all she wants, she could just spend the rest of her life playing Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty. Well, there you go. Which one, by the way? <laughs> Grand Theft well, Auto. I mean, the money and the war zone combined would be Grand Theft Auto. But if she wants like the war, like a war simulator, 
Call of Duty, Medal of Honor Frontline, or any similar franchise to those will do nicely. Oh, wait, I forgot. She likes to do it with other people's children. Dang. That's rough. Yeah. Nah, yeah, she's absolutely a deep state person. Totally in bed with the Democrats, I'm sure, in all the more most important ways. So, yeah, she. I would not want her in charge of anything. Oh, my goodness. So now I know Amanda's either trolling or on some kind of sniffing Windex out the windowsill. Oh, Chris Christie, are you kidding me? Why don't you just vote for the state pup marshmallow man and get it over with? <laughs> well, I guess because Chris Christie is uh, against Trump, that makes him A-OK for Amanda. <laughs> you know, Chris Christie actually surprised me. As you know, Vivek jumped up there and said he would get himself off the ballad, and he screamed at everybody. But Chris Christie uh, actually put out a statement as well and said that he felt that it was completely unfair what happened to Trump. So that shocked me. I usually I see that guy as nothing more than a man pig, but after saying that, he did earn a brownie point with me for that. Darkman 75. Only Democrat I would vote for is, uh, wait, come back to me. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, at this point, if you vote for Democrats at all, you're part of the problem. Mainly because of what the party has come to represent and what they're primarily composed of. Oh, there was one other thing, too. I was watching this uh, this uh, thing with the Congress where the Republicans have been doing an investigation on Joe Biden. Check this out. Guess what they found out? You know how we've been wondering why they keep sending all this money to Ukraine, representing it as they're wanting to help the country against Russia? Well, apparently Ukraine is, is lost. It's lost, but there's still money being put over there. And here's what they found out. The Ukraine has some kind of like slush system going on where the money, our taxes are sent over there, and then they basically uh, clean the money and then start sending it back to some of our Democratic politicians in a way that makes it look like it's just a, a trade deal. Well, that's what that whole Sam Friedman thing was about when the Russia-Ukraine war first started. His company was one of the companies that they were taking the Ukraine aid and throwing the money through, cleaning it, and then throwing it back into the Democrat politician campaigns as well as other politician campaigns. That was the whole thing with Sam Friedman back in the beginning of the whole Russia-Ukraine war. And then they had this big old show where they arrested him and, you know, all this hoopla, ha, ha, ha. But then a few months back when no one was looking, they dropped all charges against him and let him go free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they run the system so they can play it anywhere they want to. Ukraine and if they get caught, go ahead. Ukraine is the biggest money laundering operation in the history of humanity. That's what that is. And it's primarily benefiting Democrats because most of the money that goes to political campaigns from that pool goes into the Democrat politician campaigns. So every time you send Ukraine aid to Ukraine, it's really politicians sending themselves back money to their own campaigns. That's where it ends up. Yeah, they can always just point at it and say, well, we got this from the Ukraine for this or that or interest or investment, that kind of junk. 
Yeah, and those guys got that money ultimately from all the aid that you sent to Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. I, I think sometimes I wish I didn't know these things because I think I'd be better off. But then again, if I didn't know these things, I wouldn't know who my real enemy is. <laughs> so it's kind of a, you know, it is what it is kind of thing. So what else we got on the uh, back burner? Not much. Uh, I've already gone through the main event like I wanted to. And we've had a good discussion on all this other stuff, mostly the whole Trump Colorado thing. Um, there's not a lot else going on. I do know that on Christmas Eve, I'll actually get to enjoy our candlelight service at church because we won't be filming it, which means I actually get to be in the audience with family. Yay. Well, I got something for you because I, I know that you're a young earth creationist. I know that you just recently seen the imagery, imagery and information I put up on Twitter. They're now claiming that you already know that they claim the universe is now 30 billion years old. Now they're claiming the moon is 40 million or billion years old, right? Yeah, I saw that somewhere that you mentioned that. You do realize what's going to happen next now, right? It's going to get older. Well, no, not just the moon. See, the thing is, a lot of scientists, the most popular belief or theory right now, from their point, because obviously they don't do religion, is they believe that the moon is actually a part of Earth through a planetary collision. So guess what happens now? Earth gets older. Much older, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that how the? Is that how we doubled the age of the Earth recently? That's how we're gonna do it. Because if the Moon is a part of the Earth and it was through a planetary collision, then logically this means that if the Moon is forty billion years old, the Earth had to have been around before that in order for the Moon to form. You see, so now they get to play their evolution game even longer. Yay. I thought people might think that's interesting. <laughs> yes it is very interesting but but it's like i said in that one live stream a while back and i clipped out for uh my channel every time the age of the earth gets revised they always make it older without fail you never go oh yeah we thought the earth was you know 14 billion years old but then we found this new piece of evidence that indicated that the earth isn't that old so we knocked two billion years off the age and made it 12 billion years old nope uh-uh they always make it older without fail you could set a clock to it it's so precise and so exact and happens every single time yeah the scientists nowadays are saying that uh because that what is that thing called their telescope the new one they put up with the high definition imagery they're claiming that there's a lot of things about the universe that they just absolutely are blown away by now that cosmology this is a title that is in a lot of newspapers right now that everything we knew about the universe has been wrong everything's going to have to change spooky i wonder if they're gonna be like realism is true the aliens are coming in 2035 we better get the planet ready for them 
Well, there are. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up too. <laughs> My goodness, man, you should be a psychic or something, or at least a prophet. They actually are stating our government is saying that we have the corpses of aliens and that we have shipwreckage and all this. I, I kid you not. Tucker recently talked about. I don't know if you watch any of the stuff on um, Twitter, but he's got a lot of that. The Congress are trying to pass a law that states that. Any time that we find any information that it should be put out there about these aliens. You haven't heard about that? Uh, I may have heard about it in passing a while ago, but I've noticed over time that whenever aliens are brought up, it's usually to distract people from something else going on that's important. So You see Amanda out of here. I think that Amanda suffers from some kind of retardation or ate paint chips as a child when the mom wasn't watching. The thing is, I didn't just say Tucker. This There's actually congressional hearings that you can watch on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, and the mainstream media, if, whether you believe they're fake news or not. They're actually discussing this as though it's something that's really important. They actually are showing imagery of what is supposed to be the corpse of aliens. They're showing video of this. So they look weird, though. They look like little Egyptian monsters or something, though. Not cute like E.T. Right. Yeah, I've seen those. So that I have seen those. And I, I was not impressed by that. <laughs> yeah, they do look a little rough, don't they, around the hedges. We kind of like our aliens to look like Predator, right? We want the right. spooky-looking aliens, not these little Smurf things. Or the Xenomorphs. There you go. That's right. <laughs> but no... Uh, the realism 2035 thing makes absolute sense of why our governments around the world are so hell bent on restructuring life on earth by 2030 in order to combat climate change. Cause if the aliens are coming back in 2035 and they need the planet ready for them by then, then making this huge push to change the earth and everything on it by 2030 actually kind of makes sense. Here, let me show you this. You may end up wanting to put this up on the screen. This isn't the little Smurfy aliens we were talking about. My goodness, that link is huge. They're claiming, get this, one of the news places is stating that former NASA scientists says aliens have a secret base beneath the Earth. They believe that there's aliens that are actually tunneled into the ground. I kid you not. I'm not making this up. I don't even know if I subscribe to it. All I'm doing is telling you what the news is saying. You mean this news? <laughs> hmm. Former NASA scientist says aliens could have secret base beneath the Earth's oceans. Uh, you know, whenever I see the phrase could have, it makes me think of basically the entire evolution narrative where basically everything about evolution and its mechanisms is well, it could have happened this way. We imagined it happened this way. You know, just all these fuzzy words indicate that they have no evidence and it's all purely hypothetical. And yet they run with that hypothesis like it's fact. This kind of reminds me of that just by reading the title. Did you hear about the uh, the thing that they got with the their speculation having to do with the sun? Uh, no. 
Enlighten me, please. Okay, so they got obviously they've got telescopes and satellites and all this. So the sun right now is going through some really weird changes where, uh, and it supposedly happens every couple hundred years, according to scientists anyway. But there's a gaping hole on the left side of the the sun that could fit like 60 million versions of the Earth in it. It's so big. It literally, if you were able to look through one of these tools they got, you can see a big dark hole in our sun. It's what uh, stars do. But they said while they were looking at this, they took images that appear as though there's flying saucers or some kind of UFOs that are flying around and through this whole thing. So something to look at. It's neat. Hmm. All right. Well, that's something I have to keep an eye out going forward. Let's actually read this article from Daily Star just to see what we're dealing with. <clears throat> a former NASA researcher believes pilots of UFOs could be living underneath our oceans. Kevin Knuth, a distinguished academic who worked at NASA's Ames Research Center from 2001 to 2005, thinks there are many reasons why alien visitors might choose to base themselves underwater rather than on the Earth's surface. For a start, he says, if they prefer to remain undetected, the deep oceans are ideal. He told the Theories of Everything podcast, 75% of Earth's surface is water, and we really have very little access to it. So if you're going to hide out somewhere, that's perfect. Uh, so I guess all that Area 51 stuff can just get tossed out the window. Many recent UFO sightings have involved craft that appear to move effortlessly between the air and sea, and Kevin adds that aliens from a water world home planet would have many reasons to base themselves beneath the sea. He continued, if you come from an aquatic environment, aquatic environments on planets are going to be much better to live in than atmospheric environments. Atmospheres have a low heat capacity, so the temperature varies a lot. You get huge temperature variations. And then going from planet to planet, you have huge temperature variations in the atmosphere Go to Mars and you'll look at 100 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. You go to Venus and you're looking at 800 degrees Fahrenheit. It's dramatic. And the air pressure is dramatically different, too, from planet to planet. Uh, you see, see the problem? See, that's one of the arguments they used to make, right? Aliens wouldn't be able to live on any of these planets because of their conditions. But you got to think about it. Like, let's say, for instance, you know, Democrats are running around like chickens with their head off claiming climate change. If our world were to suddenly go through an alteration where all of this could go extinct, what would be the first thing we'd probably do? We got two alternatives. We either go to space or we get underground away from the radiation of the sun. That would be the place to go to. So why couldn't someone on an intellectual level make the argument that if there were things on another planet they didn't just burrow into the ground in order to protect themselves from whatever catastrophe happened on the surface right yeah i i just kind of stuck in my head though thinking about this whole aliens are hiding underwater in our oceans theory how would they handle all the water pressure the deeper down you go I mean, because they watch- they're their bodies may be able to the the thing is for those out there who believe in evolution and believe they came from ancient rats and slugs in a pond and all that they could easily say that the creatures over time adapted even though it supposedly takes billions of years for that process to work that's what they could say and plus they could also speculate the technology was good enough when they did it 
Yeah, I mean, I just think of the Meg movies in particular and, you know, how when you go to certain depths in the ocean, the water pressure builds up and basically just destroys anything that's not built to handle that pressure. Uh, Just why are we assuming that these aliens have the ability to handle that kind of water pressure? Because, I mean, if you think about it, if we want to go into hypothetical land to justify belief in aliens living underwater, then let's go into this hypothetical the first aliens come and they're not built to handle the water pressure of our oceans and they try to hide under there. Guess who's getting destroyed and killed? Exactly. But keep in mind, keep in mind a lot of these non-believers and skeptics out here, they actually believe that we originally started out in the oceans, that we were fishies. So you see what I mean? Well, I think even before the fishy part though, they want, they believe according to the, evolution narrative that about 3.7 to 4.28 billion years ago uh some bacteria formed on some rocks underneath the ocean by some water vents and then that bacteria ultimately evolved into all life on earth and all of us so yeah before the fishies we were bacteria on a rock under the ocean there you go it's not on a rock is what i call it And yet, when you point out that this is what evolution teaches about the first organic life, according to Wikipedia and every other official source out there, evolutionists just look at you like you're crazy. And they say, you don't understand evolution. You don't understand abiogenesis. You don't know how any of this works, even though you're quoting all the same sources that I quote. You just just don't get it. It's because you're a stupid creationist slash Christian. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I got the head. I hope I got the head Bob part right. Yeah. Narcissism (laughs) and arrogance. Yep. 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 Or as I like to call it, creationist derangement syndrome, where everything a creationist says is wrong, even if it's exactly what the evolutionists are saying, even if it's no different from what they're saying. Well, it's wrong because he said it. But when I say it, it's okay. But he said it. No, 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 no. He's wrong. I think. Uh, I think a lot of a majority of atheists we've listened to talk about this are stupid in some kind of way because they actually think that this is complicated to even understand in the first place. It's just too complicated for some people. What's complicated about it? They draw the. They their evidence is based upon cartoon animations and CGI, and little pictures of a creature turning into another one. What, what is so difficult to understand about that? Uh, not much difficulty for me, but Amanda says, seems like a clickbait article. The NASA scientist was just speculating. I agree with you there, but that opens a whole can of worms about evolution. Virtually all of evolution is speculation. Virtually all of it. And so when the entire field of modern science, as far as the people who are running it, when they adopt a worldview of origins and the universe existing that is based on like 95% speculation, well, then why not speculate even further about aliens and all this stuff? I mean, it's just another layer of speculation that we treat as fact. And hey, as long as there's no God involved, then it's all good, bro. Oh, I hear you there. I hear you. 
I'm going to go ahead and get rid of that article. Well, we are at the hour and 49 minute mark, and I'm fresh out of ideas. And I think it's been a great show so far. And so I think we'll call it good here, and we can come back next week for a God TV radio podcast. Yay! But hopefully you guys enjoyed watching the first 42, 45 minutes of the show where we talked about Ron DeSantis, his strange relationship with the pedophile Kent Sturman, and how Ron DeSantis may very well be a pedophile enabler. He seems to have some similarities with Kent Hovind and his strange relationship with Chris Jones, where Kent Hovind literally proved himself to be a pedo enabler over time. So maybe we'll learn more about Ron DeSantis and his strange relationship with Kent Sturman later on in history. But I also hope you guys enjoyed all the other stuff we talked about in relation to Trump and the whole Colorado thing and all the other topics that we got into on this show. Hopefully you enjoyed all that, and hopefully I will see you next week for our God TV radio podcast. And hopefully you'll subscribe to the channel, check out my other videos, leave your likes and comments down below, especially if you're watching this on Rumble or Quarter After the Fact. Is there anything you want to impart to our viewing audience before we head out, Brett? I'll just remind people, unless it's a live stream that TTOR is hosting, there won't be any videos up on YouTube. My only way I'm coming back is if I hit a 1,000 subscribers. If people want to see my content, you'll have to watch me on either TTOR's website corridor or you'll have to see me on Rumble or Twitter. That's the only way, unless something happens. The reason why, I'll give a brief explanation and then we'll shut her down. The explanation is the election is coming up. I speculate that during this entire year, the election's going on, you will see millions of YouTubers, especially conservatives and Republicans and moderates, getting smoked off of YouTube. And I do not want to be one of the victims of that. And I don't blame you there. And I've, yeah, I kind of beat you to the punch by stop streaming to YouTube altogether and just stream through these other things because. As election season goes on, I think Rumble especially is going to get more popular. And when you do streams talking about the election stuff, I think you're going to get a lot of traffic and traction on Rumble next year. So basically just getting myself into the rhythm now of streaming to Rumble and maybe Quarter. And I'll also be putting copies of our show up on the radio like usual. Which I very much appreciate. And since Brett brought it up earlier, I will look into the possibility of streaming to X as well. Although I think you have to pay the premium $8 a month to do that, don't you? Uh, no, actually, I originally signed up for the $8 deal, but then I looked at it and I noticed that uh, they had a smaller package. They... They do like some of these bullshit sites where they hide things, where they just show they want to make it to where you see premium right off the bat when you sign up. But if you click left and look around a little bit, they've got a basic one where you can get almost fully everything, but you still see their ads for three bucks, three bucks a month. And you can upload two hour videos and all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, that's quite a savings. I might have to look into that. 
three bucks a month is basically nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, and you can do extremely big posts too. You know, with a, a variety of images and video and all that kind of stuff. So it is nice. It is real good. Yeah, I, I like the sound of that. I'll definitely have to look into that now. And with that, guys, I bid you farewell and adieu. And I will see you next week on the God TV Radio Podcast. Have a good one, all. Mm-hmm.